Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of DQ with Damani. This week's episode is super special. It's the birthday week, baby. I am so hyped. Saturday is party day. Sunday is the real big day. Honestly, y'all, I just can't believe I made it this far. It feels great to know that I'm surrounded by all these great people in my life and even greater family. I also have all you wonderful fans out there. Yes, you people listening to me right now to thank for all this. All you guys supporting me out there, I would like to shout you guys out too from the beginning, the very first episode. Some of you guys, even before that, you guys heard about me on Instagram. You guys heard about me from Snapchat. I deleted Facebook, so I don't know if you've heard about me from Facebook, but that account's been gone since like 2011. But still, from the beginning, hopping on the bandwagon episode four, five, six, seven, doesn't matter. Thank you so much showing up every week sometimes you might show up every two weeks just to you know see if there's a new episode regardless of when you listen to me thank you so much and don't be shy wish me a happy birthday in the comments all the birthday stuff aside i've been loving the big movements in our sport it seems like we really keep going back and forth every week i drop an episode some weeks we have an active week with a whole lot of news a lot of fight announcements, promoters talking, giving interviews, etc. And then the week after, we'll have a trash week with nothing but people beefing on social media. So this week, it seems like we've kind of got a half and half week. There have been some announcements, some interviews, but it seems like there's beef mixed in too, really. Speaking of beef, man, Josh Warrington. <laughs> I just know Josh Warrington is pissed. I... The fallout of the Lee Wood fight and the moments leading up to the Lee Wood fight, I still don't know how to feel about it. I'm still going through the motions. But what I can tell you guys is that the fight itself, it was life-changing. Like, your perspective on boxing will shift once you watch this fight. And if you've been a Lee Wood fan for an extended period of time, then this fight will also just, it'll, it'll reshape your image of Lee Wood forever because he fought like hell this fight. He gave everything he could in this matchup. And I honestly, I, I, can't, I, I can't tell anybody any differently. I can't come on this show and, and not tell you guys to watch this fight. It is a must-see. This was a must-see fight. If you haven't seen it, I believe DAZN either has the match fully uncut already up on their channel if they don't they have punch for punch highlights so please check that out lee wood undeniably one of the best talents out of europe right now pound for pound against all competition lee wood he gives it his all the conlin fight was textbook wood he came up off the canvas early fought his hardest and he eventually secured the knockout victory coming off of that knockdown i really do hate the fact that boxing is unpredictable sometimes y'all know i I try to keep it real. I always try to keep it 100. But the unpredictability of the sport is just, like, it's ridiculous. And with these last few fights that I've been watching, it seems like things have just been shaken up. Like, my mind, I'm telling you, Mascalati just scrambled completely. The comeback king, he, he just couldn't pull it off. When the lights were on against Lara, he couldn't pull it off. He, unfortunately, he... Took a close loss after his corner threw. 
just saying it hurts my soul. Throwing in the towel, it hurts my soul. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I was pissed off when I saw that towel go in. When that ref felt that towel hit his shoulder, I was enraged. Like, my skin, I could feel my skin getting hot. It was just, oh, man, the emotional reaction. Gosh, it it came so quick because I knew that Lee Wood could keep going. But it brings it brings us back to this conversation of do you let your fighter go out on their shield or not? And we've had this discussion several times on the show already. And me personally, several times, Chris Eubank Jr., I said this, the same exact thing. If the fighter wants to keep going, let the fighter keep going. Unless they are visibly done, like a Roley situation, let them keep going. I, I'm sorry, but the will of a fighter is always going to come first. It's always the will. Then the strength follows behind the will. If your will is weak, your strength is going to be weak. If your will is strong, you could keep fighting forever. That's why in the 15-round days, some of those guys, they wouldn't go down a single time. They would go home and not speak. Just straight up, just done for the day, night, etc. It, 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 it just goes to show that these guys had will. They had heart. They had strength to carry them through those long fights. And the same could be said of some of these guys like Lee Wood, Chris Eubank Jr., like I just mentioned. But we'll never get to see it because the corner, sometimes they just want what's best for you regarding your health. And we understand there's a, a, a hard line between letting you go and risking it and not risking it and just calling the fight. And I'm always going to want to stand by the fighter. But sometimes you do have to throw it in. In this case, unfortunately, I do not <laughs> I do not respect <laughs> Lee Wood's corner's decision. Yeah, Lee Wood, he, he definitely could have fought on longer without a doubt in my mind. I didn't see him on chicken legs. He did look a little bit like unsure when he first got up. But naturally, you just got caught with a bomb <laughs> you just got nuked dude like what what do you expect anybody's reaction is going to be like whoa like what just happened i just got up off my back of course but i was just really angry when i saw the towel go in we've seen lee wood get up off the canvas and fight like a demon summoned from the brimstone he could have fought on longer and the commentators agreed with me once again of course they pointed it out after I gave my little two cents. Lee Wood's loss to Laura was a loss that I had completely zero investment in at its climax. Like I mentioned to you guys, I'm still just kind of going through it. The, the, the fight itself, I had so much stock in it. My heart was there. But the second it was over, I, I just I just lost feeling because... That 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 decision, it kind of like destroyed it for me. Like I like my heart. I felt like those guys who just get up and leave when their favorite team is losing. They're getting smoked bad. They have no chance of winning, so you just get up and you just leave early. Two quarters left, you're still leaving. I felt like that. I really did. I just was forced to sit there and watch the television screen. That's the only difference. I just couldn't understand it because the whole fight would had Lara under control. He found a way to pick Lara's guard apart 
and somehow he still fell short. There were several people in comment sections across all social media platforms saying that all Lada needed to do was land one bomb and that Wood didn't have a chance against him. They were correct only on one part. That nuke that Lada dropped on Wood's chin was insane. I was watching with James. Shout out to James. Hashtag free James Cone. Free my mans. Y'all know the system did him dirty. Even James, he was shocked. We were both just looking at the TV and then at each other. It, it was that unspoken black man look that's seeking approval. No words involved in that. Just facial expressions and nodding, bro. Just straight, just facial expressions, man. We was just pulling a Jim Carrey. After having the start of this week to decompress, I can confidently tell you guys that the match was 10 out of 10. It had everything a coach, fighter, and a boxing fan could want. Even though my boy Lee Wood didn't get the victory, he remained humble in defeat, and the home crowd still cheered him on. Clarissa Shields, the undisputed greatest woman of all time, the quote, is back in the spotlight this week for blowing up on TBV. She went crazy. She went off. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it got heated on TBV. I've referenced the Boxing Voice and the Porterway podcast a few times on the show already because these guys have been securing some major interviews. These guys have managed to get Bill Haney on there pretty much every week, it seems. Shields, the undisputed middleweight champion, was very open about the way other boxing media has treated her decision to decline Savannah Marshall's rematch unless the fight is made in the United States. To me, it doesn't really make sense for Shields to go back out across the Atlantic Ocean to fight Marshall. It happened once. Marshall had the home advantage and still lost convincingly. This isn't a situation like George Cambosos and Devin Haney, where the home side fighter made a serious case. Savannah Marshall got dominated by Clarissa Shields. The only people who will tell you otherwise are biased English fans. Naturally, they're going to feel that way because that's their fighter. That's their home fighter. They're going to take pride and have the belief that Savannah Marshall won the fight, or at least didn't lose as bad as they believed over here in America. Marshall, I got to give her credit, though. She tried her best to fight behind a long jab and a rear uppercut, but in typical Clarissa, quote, Shields fashion, it was difficult to land effectively and with accuracy. There are many options on the table for Shields right now. She could entertain a third fight with Franchon Desern, the current undisputed world champion at 168 pounds, just one weight class ahead of Shields. Desern has gone on multiple shows and said that she's interested in closing out her career. She's getting a bit up there in age, y'all. Let's not forget. Closing out her career with a match against Shields. However, another big player in the super middleweight division right now is Shadeza Green. She's been arguing for a high-profile fight for some time now, and many people think that Shadezia Green versus Clarissa Shields is the fight to make. Based on division and belts, however, Shadezia Green versus Desern definitely makes a lot more sense. Green is currently the WBC Silver Super Middleweight Champion, which puts her into mandatory contention status for Desern. As we've seen multiple times, like this crazy roly fight that just materialized out of nowhere, Anything can happen in boxing. We can see a number of things happen. I just hope that Clarissa Shields continues to walk through her opposition like she has been for what seems like forever now. Another week, another episode of Tank and Ryan being brought up. 
at this point, really seems like these guys are the Tom and Jerry of the lightweight division. Seriously, it's getting crazy. It's turning into a Tom and Jerry episode in the division right now. It's hilarious how back and forth this fight has been from them wilding out on social media to them eventually holding the fight up over a rematch clause. The whole fight has really just been a circus when the fight hasn't even happened yet. Thankfully, I am happy to announce here on the DQ with Damani podcast that Ryan has finally received the contract for the fight. He posted on his Instagram story a photo of him with, I'm assuming, his lawyer and the contract in his hand. The fight is very close to being signed, but according to sources like WBN, the fight isn't official yet because of Tank's upcoming court case. The sentencing for Tank's case seems to be what's holding the fight up, but as the deadlines keep approaching, the public can only wonder what's going down behind the scenes. Will we ever see this fight happen? Or will it be a dream fight lost to the great boxing documentarians of YouTube? We'll find out in the coming weeks. Next, some surprising news from zone. We've got Zurdo Ramirez versus Gabe Rosado. It has been officially given the green light under a DAZN card for March 18th. Now, this fight is going to be at light heavyweight. I don't want you guys to think that Zurdo is coming down to super middle because this man, he wants to stay up there. He, it, it, he's made it known after his loss to people that he plans to stay at light heavyweight continue chasing title contention and this fight while it may not necessarily be a fight that'll push him up upwards towards the title since of course Gabriel Rosado is a super middleweight of course he's at 168 it's still a very high profile fight for Ramirez like I like I told you guys previously last episode any fight involving a Caribbean nation any fight involving Mexico the fans are going to show. These people will show 100,000%. Those tickets will be sold out. Beyond just the nationality, ethnicity, racial context of fights like this, just consider the fact that this is Gabe Rosado we're talking about. This man shows up to fight. Every single match that this man has been thrown in, they threw him to the Lions with Jaime Munguia. He still went in there and gave his all. This man went in there against Danny Jacobs. Still gave his all. Went in there against Triple G. Gave his all until his corner literally just couldn't take it anymore. It, it's, it's, it's really just a display of heart from Gabriel Rosado every single time he steps in the ring. And to be honest, he's earned his ring name of King. Now for Zurdo, this fight is really a shot at redemption because... He talked a whole lot leading up to the Bivol fight. Oh, my record. I fought tons of experienced opponents. This and that. Really just telling people not to doubt him. And then his performance really just showed why the doubt was there in the first place. He really didn't put on a performance that was worthy of a championship match. It seemed like he really just wanted to go in there to spar against... Bivo, I, I, I spoke about his loss on this show, and I was really just surprised at how well Bivo was able to keep him on the outside and really use his own game plan against him. It's just shocking that he plans to 
jump back in with a fight like this because we all know Gabe Rosado, he's a killer. Regardless of his record, we know he's 26 and 16. He doesn't have the most pretty record, but he'll give you a fight. He will guaranteed give you a fight. This man will not sit back, run away like he he he's not really a fighter that's going to make you look bad in a way that's not TV or fan friendly. He's going to fight you and he's going to fight you with intent. He's not fighting you while backstepping. He's not using evasive head movement that may trouble the crowd at times. He's really in your face throughout the entire length of those three minutes. He's going to show you something every single round. Regardless, he will continue to give you different looks. So I think for somebody like Zurdo Ramirez, Gabe Rosado, he is excellent. He's an excellent choice. Now, the main concern that I have with this fight is the fact that Gabe Rosado is 168 pounds, 37 years old, and 5'11". Let's really just put that into perspective. Zurdo is 6'2 with a 75-inch reach and 31 years old, literally in his prime. 44 victories with only one loss which happened to be against Dimitri Bivol. So, I, I'm just saying, guys, the numbers speak for themselves here. In my personal experience, I've had to give up maybe three inches, sometimes four inches to my opponent. So, I'm used to it. But somebody like Gabe Rosado, who's really typically fighting guys who may be the same height, maybe one inch shorter, one inch taller... He'll have to really adjust his game plan to fight somebody who's at a larger, not just a larger weight, but a larger size. Now, being able to fight at light heavyweight will definitely be a blessing for him because he, you know, won't have to cut weight at an advanced age. So, really, he could just pack on the pounds and just relax. Or sometimes fighters will just come in at their natural weight because, really, they usually weigh one weight class from the weight class that they typically fight at sometimes too really just depends on the fighter but for Rosado I'm really guessing he's naturally a light heavyweight maybe a cruiserweight depending on how much or how little he eats during the offseason but like I said guys the numbers speak for themselves here I can confidently say that this fight is going to be amazing like I mentioned earlier Rosado is always in your face Zurdo, he may have a questionable move here and there, like really what we saw against Bivo. But against opposition such as Rosado, I can really expect to see a lot of ranged attacks. I really see him taking advantage of his height, see him taking advantage of his reach, really trying to keep Rosado on the outside. So that'll involve a lot of jabs, definitely a lot of right hooks, which he did throw against Bivo, but had very little success with. Now, Rosado being the shorter fighter, of course, it will be really important for him to keep those hands up. He'll need to inch forward using a high guard, really making sure that he doesn't allow himself to be ranged out. He needs to find punches that will give him easy access to the inside, really dig to the body against Zurdo, because like I said, this man is going to be fighting ranged. Regardless, though, that fight is going to be amazing. Please keep your eyes open for that. This weekend, birthday weekend, baby. 
Got Jake Paul, unfortunately, fighting Tommy Fury. The matchup that AB was supposed to be walking into, unfortunately, got canceled. So now it's like this weekend is is kind of kind of in trouble. We're in danger. We've got UFC, but um, boxing, man, what's going on? Seems like everything's really happening in March and April. Things are really picking up. But this month, I'm expecting, I'm like, man, my birthday week, I'm going to have a whole lot of fights. But one by one, seems like things got Thanos snapped away. And now we're back at square one with this Jake Paul fight. But I don't mind. Boxing is boxing. We've got Ilunga Makabu and Badu Jack on that card, which is really the only fight that I'm excited for. World Championship in my weight class. History-making fight, two African fighters. Hey, get your money up, not your funny up. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of DQ with the Money. This is your host, Cruiserweight, the Money Nader, wishing you a very happy healthy and blessed weekend i am so incredibly blessed to be here on this earth for another year thank you all for wishing me a happy birthday in advance for those of you who have done so already oh this week really i've been satisfied the news has been really just flowing naturally and um it seems like we're getting the fights a little closer, a little closer. We've got Ryan Garcia coming closer. Connor Ben crazy situation that may go left could lead straight into a Crawford fight. Kell Brook, Pacquiao. Uh, hey, things are looking up, really. Like I mentioned to you guys <laughs> a little bit earlier in the episode, we're, we, it seems like we alternate. We have a good week, then we have a bad week. That we have a great week, then we have an incredibly trash week. It's really just unpredictable. Make sure you get out there, support your local boxers. I know my man's Giovanni Estela. He is taking a pretty high-profile fight, I believe, on CBS Sports. Please watch that if you live in the area. Go buy those tickets. Support my man Giovanni. That's really where we leave things for this week. Right, everybody please be safe out there on the road it is snowing pretty bad out here in new york not sure if the roads are icy anywhere else but i know if you're in the east right now better bundle up make sure your tires are all right and don't let your windows and doors freeze have a great weekend 